You know, this morning, as Linda and I were walking to the worship center, by the way, shout out to uh, Mark Haskins and Joy Pride Haskins and Megan and James Donnelly and Linda Patterson for being here to make this happen week after week and Good Friday night. Um, that is a powerful ministry, and I greatly appreciate. Shout out to Lisa and Tom, who came this morning and brought us food for the food pantry. Shout out to Debbie and James Statler, who uh, provided food pantry assistance this past uh, Monday night. We're open every Monday night, providing the food pantry. And this past week, we, uh, we doubled the number of people that were seen at the food pantry. Usually we see 25 or less, and this past week we saw 38 individuals who represented over 150 people in their families who needed food from the food pantry. And that is something that you make happen. And food like the food that appears on the worship table behind me is part of that ministry. So we are so very thankful that we can keep the West End Food Pantry open uh, even if worship is a live experience that involves us uh, not being together, except for the six of us uh, who are in this space. So a shout out to all of you who are involved, and you're doing great ministry out there on the front lines of all sorts of great and important, uh, uh, in, in great important ways, including, and it doesn't sound like much, but you're staying safe at home. And staying safe at home and not passing around what you may or may not have is, uh, is important. It's very important. So we are thankful that you are doing your part, washing your hands and looking out for your neighbors. So keep doing that. Keep doing that. As Linda and I were walking to the worship center this morning, we passed a little bush who, uh, on, on the way with one single uh, rose, rosebud popping up. It was popping up and it was gorgeous and it was happy and it was just a little tiny bud that said, you know, to me, Happy Easter, James. Now, I didn't hear those words audibly, but I sensed Easter was in the air. It was like bursting out of my heart as I watched the Easter sunrise service from the comfort of my computer room at home, as some of you did as well, um, I felt that, that real presence, that sense of connection that goes beyond being in the same room. If we're really honest, the God of the universe is big, really big. We try to pin that God down sometimes, but that God is really, really big. So having said all that, today is Easter. And we will be sharing a word together. This morning, uh, this morning's sunrise, we looked at John chapter 20 resurrection story. Uh, for, for now, at the 11 o'clock service, we are going to take a look at Mark chapter 16. So I'm pulling that out. I have to turn around and pick it up. All right. Here we go. Mark chapter 16. Now, a little preface. If all of you have your Bibles out, you will notice that Mark 
chapter, uh, chapter 16 has 20 verses. It wasn't until the second century that verses 9 through 20 were added. All the earliest manuscripts stopped with verse 8. So that's where we're going to stop this morning. And I think there might be a reason why the first manuscripts, the earliest writings, stopped with 8. But later on, when the church needed to clean things up, they added a section that paralleled Matthew and, and Luke. But uh, Mark ended a little bit earlier. And this is what it says. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed, frightened, terrified. That's what you need to hear. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. That's easier said than done, isn't it? You know, someone, when you're frightened, says, oh, don't be afraid. Yeah, right. Okay, do not be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. Well, duh, yes, that's why we came to his tomb. Who was crucified? He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is a place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. They said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the gospel of the Lord for this morning. Thanks be to God. Now what's interesting is, that's not how we remember the story ending. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Now how many of you have fear that rises in you periodically? We talked a little bit about it recently. We talked about it in the Good Friday service. Fear, uncertainty, the challenge of being alive in a time when uh, we are quarantined. You know, we heard about that in the Middle Ages, but heck, today it's the, you know, it's the 21st century. Come on. Well, even in the 21st century, it might be the safest way to keep that evil, little tiny invisible virus away from us. All it wants to do is live. And it finds lots of hosts. So, intriguingly enough, as I thought about this beautiful story, this story of three women who had no idea when they set out for the tomb, as Mark remembered it, had no idea how they were going to get the tomb open so they could anoint Jesus' body. They had no idea how they'd get to him, but they figured as... Uh, as uh, ingenious as they would be, that they would find a way. That love would make a way for them to open that tomb so they could anoint the body of their dead Lord. Now, much to their surprise, they came upon the tomb and it was already open. That is an unexpected development. You know, if you're, if you're thinking, you know, we, 
21 centuries later, we're all sitting back, you know, we knew that the tomb is empty. We're completely good with that. We, you know, there's no surprise. It's hard to get surprise on Easter. Uh, maybe you've got a little surprise because you're joining us for Easter from a distance instead of coming in person to your church. And maybe your church isn't streaming. And so you're watching us instead because we are and we do. But the truth is, this is a different kind of expectation. They expected to find a dead body that they could embalm, essentially, anoint with oil. And the tomb is open. Love has made a way. Oh, great, it's open. But this can't be a good thing. We peek in, and there's a young man dressed in white. That's how Mark says it. There's a young man dressed in white. And the women, Mary and Mary and Salome, were alarmed because it wasn't Jesus and the guy was alive. Neither, you know, those are not the things you're expecting in a, a, a tomb. You know, going to a graveyard even at night is a little scary. They're going first thing on the morning uh, on the first day of the week. They peek in there. And there's a guy, not Jesus, there. Are you looking for Jesus of Nazareth? Uh, well, this is his tomb. Uh, you know, this is where we are expecting to find him. He's not here. The one who was crucified, he's not here. Go and tell his disciples. He's gone ahead of you. And you will find him already out in the world. You will meet him where he is. You thought you could pin down love in a Stone tomb, wrong. You can't pin love down. You can't handle the truth. Well, or you can't handle love because you can't hold it in your hand. As soon as you try to grasp it, it gets away because it's going everywhere. Easter is the story that death cannot break love. Death. They thought they'd pinned it down. Hey, we're going to nail that boy to the cross. Kill him. We'll end this thing. And on Easter morning, that was all over. The tomb was broken open and love was set free everywhere. Not to say that love wasn't set free long ago and was all over the place to begin with. If you follow the Gospel of John... In the prologue, by verse 5, you already know that the Christ that we know in the person of Jesus was already around before the beginning of the universe and was making the universe, that the imprint of Christ is in everything. And if God is love, that means the imprint of love is what shapes everything. And it's infinite and it's everywhere all the time. You cannot escape it. Not in quarantine in your house, not when you're cutting your grass in the front yard, not when you run into your mortal enemy as Reedy does periodically when she's walking in our neighborhood. Reedy is our dog. We don't know the name of the mortal enemy, but as soon as she sees him, even from a distance, Reedy would like to eat the mortal enemy. I have no idea why it's a mortal enemy. One dog and various cats. She has one cat that's, that she loves, but that's because that cat acts like a dog. I, you know, it's all beyond me. But the fact of the matter is, love is everywhere. Every sight and every sound. Love is in the air. 
okay, I won't try to sing any songs, you know, I, I don't have it, I don't have the R&B, but the truth of the matter is love is everywhere and it's rising up before us and it's gone before us wherever we go and it's in every blossoming plant. It's in the dead ones that didn't make it through the winter. Love is everywhere. And you see, that's the resurrection truth that Jesus wanted us to know. Behold, I make all things new. And you know what the newness is? You can love your neighbor. And that means all your neighbors. And guess what? That means people you don't even like. That people that you don't look like you, that don't worship like you, that don't worship at all. You're meant to love them. And guess what? They might be a sign of love when you look at them. And guess what? Foreigners and immigrants. Love right there. Better look closely. You don't want to miss it. Because love is everywhere. We keep waiting for it to come. You know, the mystery of faith we proclaim in communion, oftentimes, if you're in a more traditional church, you're used to saying the mystery of, and we proclaim together the mystery of faith, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. There's a sense of the past, the present, and the future. But the Christ, I don't like the Christ is risen middle piece. It's Christ is rising. Because in every moment, in every second, in every engagement, in every quiet moment, while you're asleep, while you're awake, everywhere you go, love is rising up. Making this world. This morning, for some reason, spontaneously, the thanksgiving hymn, all things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful, the Lord God made them all. And I thought to myself, that's bad theology. God didn't make them in the past. God is making them now. The grass in my front yard, well, in the front yard of St. James, which has grown, grown out of control, out of control, might I add, Yes, this is not a call for someone else to cut the grass. It will happen. But the bottom line is, that's a sign right there. That is God making the grass now. And God is love. So God is loving the grass into the front yard of St. James, as tall as it is. And some, someone will cut it down. It might be me. It might be anyone else. We will cut it down. And God will be loving us into cutting down the grass as the ones who are cutting it while it keeps growing. You see, every moment is a new discovery of love. And if we can only start to realize it, it's not something that just happens in these buildings. You know what keeps happening? We are finding out that when we are only live, we are still touching lives. And you know why that is? Because you cannot confine the love of God to a building. The early disciples knew it. Then we started building buildings, and we thought, that's the sacred space. That's where you go to meet God. Well, I got bad news for you. Yes, you can meet God here, but you can meet God everywhere. And if you wait for your one hour in 168 of the week to meet God in this space, you've missed a lot. Jesus has gone ahead of you to the Galilee. I don't know where your Galilee is. Hopefully it's not very far because you're not leaving your house unless you're one of those essential people or you're making an essential trip. But the bottom line is, you are 
God's love in this world. And people will see God's love in you if you let it shine. That's the resurrection message. And not only that, even in people that don't love you back, you might see a glimpse of that love right there. Waiting to be revealed. Waiting to be revealed. Hidden. Hidden. But you have to be looking. We want a physical body to appear right here. The risen Jesus. So we can touch him and put our fingers as Thomas needed to in his wounded side. There's nothing wrong with that. Except we're trying to limit where Christ can be again. One body. Christ is in you. Christ is in every breath you take. Christ is rising. Not just today, but every moment of every day that you are alive. And after you die. Paul was able to claim in this life, whether I live or die, I am the Lord's. And he believed it. Not here. Somehow we've come to think religion is about what you can store up here. God doesn't care about what you're storing up there. God cares about what you do with the love that's meant to pour out of you, out of every pore of your being, out of every breath that you take and give, out of everything that you do and everything that you look at and every moment that you live through, you are meant to be the outpouring of love. Imagine the world like that, where every blade of grass was a miracle to you. You think the miracle is when the hurricane turns towards somebody else. That's nature. The hurricane itself is a miracle. It's a force of nature. And so is the atom and the galaxy and the universe itself. And God's in it all, breathing it into life every moment. The tomb can't hold love in. The tomb can't hold death down in Jesus. Because love goes on. And you can be part of it. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes to loving your neighbor. Whatever that form takes. Staying home in quarantine, washing your hands for 20 seconds. Wearing a mask. Buying groceries for your neighbor who needs them. Dropping them by the church first thing in the morning. Serving in the soup kitchen. Going to work at the hospital. You can do it. This is the day of resurrection. Every moment is a moment of resurrection, of new life, if you let it be. Love with every ounce of who you are. Because in the end, love was never yours to give away. It was always God loving through you. For where love is, there is God also.